I always said I wasn't going to do any more. Well, that's true. I'm not going to do any more. But that doesn't mean I'm unwilling to turn it over to Kathy to do more. I have story treatments of Seven, Eight, and Nine, and a bunch of other movies, and and obviously we have hundreds of books and comics and everything you could possibly imagine. So, you know, I sort of moved that treasure trove of stories and various things to Kathy, and you know, I have complete confidence that she's going to take them and make great movies. And what is up, podcast people and soundtrack geniuses around the world? You're listening to The Soundcast, the official podcast of TrackSounds.com, where we talk all things film, TV, and video game music. I am your host, Christopher Coleman, and this is episode 50-freaking-one. Yes, I know, it's been a long time between episode 50 and 51, but we've been waiting for a topic worthy of another episode. And I got on the horn to Mr. George Lucas, and I said, George, if you don't do some more Star Wars, we will never do another soundcast. And then, boom, he's, he's, he's on the internet with uh, Kathleen Kennedy. And so here we are. No. But it is going to be the topic of our discussion tonight, which is the big, booming news story of the week. Uh, but, of course, we have some wonderful guests and our regular co-hosts on the line, Marius and Helen and Edmund. It's good to hear guys' voices again. How are you? Very good. Awesome. Everything's good in the UK, or are you in Germany, Edwin? I'm in Wales right now. You're in Wales. Cool. Yep, everything's Helen? all right. Helen, everything's good in, in Peru? Yep, everything's fine. Awesome. Well, we also have two special guests, returning guests, who, if you listen to the Soundcast at all, you'll know uh, fairly well. Jerry Myers. Uh, Jeremy. Jerry Myers. Who's Jerry Myers? Oh, <laughs> and his twin brother, like Jeremy. School. <laughs> Jerry and Jeremy Myers. <laughs> uh, no, Jeremy Myers of Deeper Context Consulting. Uh, how are you, Jeremy? I'm awesome. Good, good. And Eric Woods of the Cinematic Sound Radio Show. Eric, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me. Awesome, awesome. It's great to have you guys back again. Uh, I, it's been so long. It's kind of like, why don't everyone think about this as our uh, season two, <laughs> starting over with season two of the Soundcast, because it has been several weeks since since we've had one of these, uh, um, uh, this kind of a Soundcast. We've done a few interviews over the last couple months, but uh, no Soundcast like this. Uh, so if you're new to the Soundcast, like I said, we talk about all things TV, film music, video game music, and our, th- and our topic for today is... If you were under a rock, um, a couple days ago, George Lucas made a pretty big announcement um, that he was going to be, or well, he was he was selling or will be selling the his Lucasfilm company to Disney, which is insane for four billion dollars. And as a part of that announcement, they also said he and Kathleen Kennedy, the new CEO, that they would be releasing three more Star Wars movies: Episode Seven, Eight, and Nine. And I can't tell you how taken aback by this news that I was because I saw people tweeting about it or tweeting stuff about Star Wars. And I'm like, what the heck is everyone talking about? And it took me a little while to to see a tweet that actually had a link to something of substance where I saw the video on YouTube and my mouth just dropped uh, as wide open as it ever has in my entire life. So 
that just opens up the door uh, for three years of speculation and conversation ad nauseum. And, awesome. uh, <laughs> and if you Can't want wait. some ad nauseum discussion, uh, the Soundcast is going to be the place for you. Uh, so, guys, just give me your um, – uh, what was your gut reaction when you first – heard the news uh eric what was your reaction it's a trap <laughs> <laughs> now great quote but do you mean that i i couldn't believe it i was actually speechless and uh i i thought that they had dropped the april fool fool's joke early i mean really <laughs> early it just it, it read like an april fool's joke you know, Disney, Lucasfilm, another Star Wars movie, things you just would never have thought would have happened. And uh, so then when I finally the shock wore off, um, I don't know. I, I think maybe Lucasfilm is is in good hands. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Marius, what did you think when you first heard? Well, I guess it's because I'm not a giant Star Wars fan, but like my jaw didn't hit the floor. I wasn't overwhelmed. I wasn't crying. Um, I was surprised. It was surprising, but I actually, I'm, if anything, kind of excited to see what happens. I suppose because I have nothing to lose. Like, I'm not, my childhood is not going to be destroyed if the franchise runs off a cliff. So I'm just curious, I suppose. Mm, okay. Okay. Edmund, what about you? What did you think when you heard? I was definitely very surprised, and I didn't have I didn't have an instant positive or negative reaction really. Um, like a couple of been saying, I don't have that big a stake in Star Wars. I my childhood was kind of just before the prequels came out, and so when they did come out, I wasn't so taken with them. Them not being that good at all. And I didn't get get around to watching the original trilogy until a bit later, so it isn't a big nostalgia thing for me. Right. But I was definitely surprised, and I wasn't. I, I can't. To be honest, I wasn't expecting more Star Wars movies to happen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Helen, what about you? Uh, oh, I'm you... not a big uh, George Lucas fan, so I I was very happy to hear he won't be involved in any <laughs> of that <laughs> anymore. And then that way, the story, which uh, you know, I like the story. It, it has a chance to really grow and do something. I like Disney, so you know I think they'll they'll do very well with it. Uh, what about your feeling about Star Wars as a whole? You don't like Lucas, but right. I mean, what about the first the, three? Yeah, films? I like I I love or the um, original six. three. Yeah, I like um, four, five, six. Yeah, six being my favorite. Um, one, two, three were crap. So, <laughs> oh, um, I'd like okay. to see <laughs> three was all know, right. Seven, eight, nine, B be what we hoped one two three would be right right well i i like as I already said i was i was totally shocked and, it, and clearly there's a generational thing going on i think those of who were around when the first when the original trilogy came out um seemed to have a different reaction than those who kind of that where the prequels were kind of their real introductions to the star wars universe might be a little, slightly more indifferent um uh, and so I, I, I can't even put into words, you know, how happy I am right now. Um, as details start to become available, that could change. But um, you know, I, I'm just, and I'm equally shocked of the of the actual buyout as well, because 
That is the exact opposite of what Lucas has always been about. I mean, he obviously he's retiring and, and, and all of that, and he wants to be in good hands. But I have to imagine he, he wanted Lucasfilm to continue on its own and to be its own thing and not be uh, subservient to any sort of uh, other company or corporation. Um, so my feeling is that it's really financial. Uh, I really think this is a financial that the the buyout was f- for financial reasons. I mean, four billion dollars sounds like a lot. It really is not if you think about Disney buying Pixar for seven billion dollars. Um, you think about uh, Facebook buying Instagram for one billion dollars. You're going to tell me that Lucasfilm is only worth four times worth a stupid Instagram photograph app is worth. I mean, there's something that just kind of doesn't jibe that that it was just like, a, oh, I'm going to sell the company because it's in the best interest of the company. Blah, blah. I think it's financial. I think there's a financial thing. And even the movies coming out, I think those that's financially motivated as well, because, it, you know, they're each going to make around a billion dollars worldwide. I would guess even if they're the even if they're as bad as the prequels, they're still going to bring in like close to a billion dollars a piece. Oh. Uh Somebody was going to say something. Oh, easily, yeah. yeah. And I think another th- another thing is that lately interviews with George Lucas, he seems to be very disillusioned with the whole Star Wars universe. Well, he's he came out and outright denied that there would be any more. Um, not not that long ago, this year, he was emphatic that there was there were. And now he could have just been putting on a ruse, but it seemed very personal that because he said, look, you guys hated the last three. Why would I want to do more? And and so that's why I think it's because we know, you know, uh, some of these companies of his companies have not been doing all that great financially. And so it I really feel like it's a financial uh, move that that's going on. Did that strike any of you as a part of the the part of the deal? Well, I thought I read that he was donating most of that money to education funding. Did I, did yeah, I make I, that up? I, yeah, I read that today too, which is awesome. Which is awesome. I just, uh, I mean, I, my initial reaction outside of really just looking forward to a THX 1138 remake um, is that I don't know what more story there's left, especially after uh, the Return of the Jedi. Like, what happens in Return of the Jedi? What and and with her, everyone being so old now. I mean, I it's guess perfect. they could do we can something. Get, we can uh, get the octogenarian Harrison Ford back. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't think you're going to see any of the original cast members in no. these movies. No. I think you're going to see the characters, but I think they're going to do what they did with Star Trek. They're going to completely recast it, but use the same characters. It won't be a reboot. It'll be an official sequel, but you're going to see different char- uh, actors playing those same characters. You think it'll be next in the chron- chronologically, though? I think it's going to come after Jedi. I think you're going to yeah. see uh, uh, what we've read. Been what we have read though is that it's not going to be based on any of the novels, comic books, video games, exactly. or whatnot. But I think yeah. there could be a story to be told. I think that if Han and Leia have children, um, that is an interesting storyline. Um, I, I can't see that the entire Empire was destroyed in that last Death Star explosion. So I'm sure there's, I don't know, Neo empire people out there that still want to you know rule the universe and um i think there's still some interesting stories to be told and it's going to be kind of neat to see maybe luke training the you know luke and uh han and leia's children uh sort of like in a yoda role and um it'd be kind of neat to get some new characters as well yeah yeah i 
I tend to agree. I, I think that it's I think that's kind of dangerous though. In that I, I agree with you, Eric. I think it's going to be it's going to be they're going to follow episode six. I don't know how if it's immediately going to follow or be some. I heard someone speculate that it could be like a twenty year gap, just like there's a twenty year gap between episode three and episode four. Um, so I don't think you'll. I think the characters will be there. Some of them. Um, maybe you can pull in a Mark Hamill being really old or something. I'm not sure, but um, I, I tend to agree with you. The problem, though, with that is is that Timothy Zahn's books, which follow uh, episode six, are so beloved mm-hmm. um, that the movies movies are immediately going to be compared to those books, and that could be a problem um, for for Lucas. Now he's he's written the tr- written the treatments for all three movies. Of course, someone else is going to write and direct, and that in of itself should give us cause to rejoice. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think it could be problematic. I hope he incorporates some of Zahn's storyline to some degree uh, to kind of play to kind of uh, pacify the fans of of those books. Um. So yeah. So that is what we're going to be talking about for the next three years (laughs) and so let's move on and let me ask the question um we know george lucas isn't directing we don't know who will be do you think john williams will will return why or why not marius you can go first well i would be sincerely surprised um at this point i kind of get the sense that to wrap up as much as he can, and I don't know that he wants to uh, associate himself with a new trilogy. Um, and frankly, I just I have a feeling that whatever direction they take, it will require music that falls outside of his um, aesthetic. You know, I just I, I really I doubt that they will make a choice to to follow in his footsteps directly. Um, obviously, they they have to draw some inspiration, but I I feel like um, even if he would agree to it, um, they probably just wouldn't be heading in the same direction. And so, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not holding my breath. Of course, obviously, I would love to hear a brand new William Star Wars. I just I really don't think that's going to happen. Hmm. Interesting. So you're expecting a different type of movie than the last six. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do a reboot, then then do a reboot. Otherwise, don't bother. Um, but it's not really a reboot. It's episode seven, eight, and nine. Right? Yeah, I realize. But I mean, it's coming after such a gap that effectively it's it's a new generation being introduced or reintroduced to the franchise. So I feel like it, it's not a reboot in the same sense that the Star Trek film was, but it's still going to be um or or i get the sense that it's going to be something of a of a new page in the star wars universe so it's also a new creative team right so yeah like it's just too too many things are different too much time has passed if if they're just rehashing the same stuff it it's almost like it would feel old-fashioned or wrong or unnecessary like i would really prefer that since they're doing it they take some creative risks with it Mm mm-hmm Interesting. Okay. Uh, Helen, what what do you think? J- J- John Williams back or not? I seriously doubt it. He's, I think he's, it sounds like he's, you know, on his way to retirement. So this is yeah. like way down the road, right? Three years. Three years, yeah. <laughs> he's probably going to be retired before then or shortly after. Yeah, probably so. 
I, I would think so. Jeremy, thoughts on John Williams? Uh, well, I thought he was until a bunch of people just talked me out of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, that makes sense. He's He must be like 83, 84 by now. So, yeah, you know, he's three years, who knows what, what the his state will be. Um, so, yeah. yeah, and I think it though it's not a reboot there's enough of a change of changing of the guard um and who knows how much disney disneyfication will happen that it might not make sense to um go with straight space opera music which is hmm. his thing so you're saying uh, alan menken will be writing a score and doing musical <laughs> I numbers hope so. i can't wait for that elton john end title sequence awesome. can you feel the force tonight <laughs> oh no and so it begins <laughs> and eric what do you what do you say john williams uh the only way john williams comes back is if steven spielberg's directing these movies and you know what i don't think that that's too far off because spielberg was originally supposed to be the director of return of the jedi so right. I think this would be an awesome opportunity for Spielberg to maybe get in there and, and, and do something for Star Wars. And he also came up with a few scenes um, for, uh, I think, a few of the fight scenes in, in Revenge of the Sith. He kind of yeah, organized those. And so I don't know if he's going to do it. I doubt it. But that's the only way Williams is going to come back. Williams is only working with Spielberg now, and that's the only way. Um, so unless you it's Spielberg. Spielberg will work with Disney, being that he's, you know, with DreamWorks? Is he still with DreamWorks? Isn't he? I thought they. He, I thought he. It's not DreamWorks SKG anymore. It's oh, just DreamWorks. Okay. So I don't think. I don't know. I could be wrong. I think it's. St- I think it's still knows, DreamWorks but... SKG. I think that's the name of the company. But I don't think he's necessarily involved with it anymore. Okay. Um, yeah. I thought at some point that those three guys, maybe maybe not all of them, but I I, I thought that they kind of split. I just think the SKG comes with the name DreamWorks. I was watching Madagascar 3 the other day, and it said DreamWorks Animation SKG or whatever on it still. So that caught me me by surprise. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Well, did I ask? Edmund, did I ask? No, not yet. Okay. What do you think? I think they're going to approach Williams, and he's going to politely decline. Hmm. And then... Why do you think he would decline? Because, as everyone else has been saying, I think... um, whether by choice or by the reality of his age, he's winding down his career. And um, if it's if it's a movie every three years, then and the last one comes out in uh, what is it two thousand two thousand twenty one? Uh, yep. How old will he be? He'll be like ninety. Three hundred twenty seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was the that and, was the problem that I was that I was alluding to initially. It's not that the first film he couldn't do. It's just that he would then be, you know, in a position to sort of, he would be expected to do the follow-ups or, you know, he would be considered involved. And I suspect that he just does not want to be in that position anymore. Right. Well, here, yeah. here's something I'm going to throw out there. Why doesn't Williams write the themes like he did for Superman 4 and have mm. someone else then right around those themes. At least he gets involved. I'd say he's going to be a consultant, though, just like Lucas is going to be a consultant on these films. I think whoever the composer is going to be is definitely going to talk with Williams and discuss it and talk about it. Um, 
I don't know. I think I I, th- I just I think I mean, most of you think they're going to go in a totally different direction with these films. I don't think that's going to be. I the don't case. think that. I think I don't. I don't think they're going to go in a totally different direction. I do think it will be a. I mean, just by nature of it being someone else, it will be different, but not like radically different. Right. Well, I, th- I, I think. Sorry. I, sorry. No, I still think it's going to feel like Star Wars. The only real difference, yeah. I mean, you're going to see the Walt Disney logo instead of the 20th Century Fox logo, which is still going to oh, be dear. really weird. Ew. But yeah, I still I think, think Galaxy, that. the Far, Far Away logo is going to come up. Yeah. Star Wars logo is going to come up. That Star Wars the music is going to play. Yeah. Because yeah. if you look at it the way to. that Star Wars has evolved, even in the video games, the the the, yeah. the book, the music has always stayed very William-esque. And I don't think they're going to do a radical change music wise for these movies because it is a continuation of these other six films and they have a certain sound that I don't want to say has to be aped but it just has to be recognized and um, that's the type, that's the style of music that is always associated with Star Wars and always has been yeah I agree but I, I would say the Clone Wars departs from that a bit. I was about to say, the Clone Wars series, I mean, that's... I mean, they utilize some of the thematic stuff, but most of it is, like, just, like, not. (laughs) It's... It's It's still very, it's still very busy. It's It's still very busy music, and... But I I do agree that, you know, when there's kind of pop music and um, dance beats underneath action sequences, that's where it gets a little little weird, and I'm not sure what the motivation is behind that, but... You know, I I think that's the generational thing where they're wanting it to appeal to you know the younger younger generation, mm. uh, younger generations. Because I mean, you listen to the Clone Wars, the movie score, yeah. and it's like, dear God, yeah. I mean, I, that was horrible. Mm. And I know that was a very conscious decision. They were trying to you know take that music in a more <laughs> embraceable. But I'm I'm with you in that. There are certain things with Star Wars that make it Star Wars. They are a part of the brand. They are a part of it, right. and and it really you can you can separate it if you want, but you're going to destroy it, a part of the brand itself. And, and I think the music um, is, and the style of music is too. Um, I guess there's room to work within that, but you know I I can't imagine it being. Um, some radically different sort of thing, but I'll tell you this: hey. I would not want to be the the next composer because there's no winning. I mean, I I would if I knew how to compose. I think <laughs> I think the the, the themes from the first three movies are sort of par, you know, pantheon of classic mu- music in the in pop culture, and anything less than that, you're going to get blasted. No pun intended. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um. I mean, Marius, if you were given the chance, would you? Or would that would that be too big of a thing hanging over your no, head? No, man. Are you kidding me? What a what a question. Yeah, I mean, every composer in his right mind would kill several other composers for the opportunity <laughs> to get the job. And then it doesn't actually matter what the response is because, you know, other composers are going to be, you know, either motivated by jealousy or they're just going to hate the approach and they'd be like, oh, you ruined it. And you'll be like, hey, I scored a Star Wars film. What have you done with your life? <laughs> and the, the discussion ends. Like there's no, for, for the composer, there is no losing. The audience might have an issue. The franchise might have, you know, people will question the authenticity but that's inevitable. Um, I think whoever gets that job is is winning, really. Like that's just that's an awesome opportunity. 
Um, and I, I mean, I can't imagine why anyone would say no to it. I, I mean, I understand the point. I mean, it is kind of like, wow, I am following in John Williams' footsteps, and yeah, I am. I could possibly, you know, destroy <laughs> to some degree. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of responsibility. But on the other hand, that's the kind of thing that that makes. Uh, the job fun right i mean that's what's exciting about it is is getting that yeah. kind of opportunity to um to redefine or to in some way add to something so great yeah 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 i would I, I think so uh but it would be a seriously daunting task but you know you think of kevin kiner i never see any interviews with him i never see he's just like he just does nothing i mean in terms of being out there and getting interviewed about his music. Maybe you guys have seen some interviews, but he seems really off the off the radar and he's just doing his thing and it's like, hey, you know, I'm scoring the Clone Wars and I'm good with that. That's what it seems like to me anyway, even though it's it you know, I I don't know how I don't know in general if Star Wars fans love his music or hate it or are indifferent to it. He's just yeah. staying out of the line of fire. <laughs> yeah, probably. Maybe. I mean I know a lot of Maybe. people dislike the uh, the film score but i would um i'd have a hard time believing that they would really dislike the the actual series um music because it's it's excellent it really is a lot of it is it's gotten better yeah i mean it's yeah, improved it's gotten a lot better um, there are still moments where it's like what is it what is this it, that doesn't it doesn't feel right to me it doesn't feel like it fits to me but you know it, there's much less of that as it goes along but um uh, I think everyone's t- gotten to share about uh, John Williams. Am I correct? Did I miss anyone? We got so many people today. Don't want to miss anyone. <laughs> so the most natural question then, and it's what's come up on the internet uh, in a zillion different ways, if not John Williams, the most natural pick is Michael Giacchino. Um Does everyone agree with that, that that's the most natural next pick? It's logical, yes. Absolutely. The most yeah, logical next because pick? Because he's... Uh-huh. You guys are talking about logic. He's, this isn't Star Trek. No, but this is... <laughs> but this is Disney and this it's is It's his Disney. association. It's his <laughs> long association with LucasArts yeah. and his long association with Disney. And, yeah. you know... And his musical style, at least. His absolutely. He's style. done star tours. He... Again, this is back to the director thing. He worships... Worships Star Wars. He has Star Wars toys... That he brings with him to recording sessions and puts on the scoring mixer um, during his sessions. He's got light, even with Star Trek. He's got them all. Yeah, I don't know about Star <laughs> Trek, but he's got. I think he's got life-size stormtroopers and Darth Vader's in his uh, studio. He's got the toys. He absolutely loves Star Wars, and it's just natural that he takes over. Um, and it doesn't help. You know, it does help, actually, when Steven Spielberg <laughs> called him the next Johnny Williams uh, before writing his Jurassic Park score for the video game. So he's just it's just so natural that um, Chikino takes over. Yeah. Does anyone not think he's the most natural next pick? I don't know if he's the first person I would want to have on it, but he is a natural choice. And yeah. if he is chosen, then I'm, okay, good, then it's, it's in safe hands. I think yeah. it comes down to, you know, are are we looking for the purest, like the next one to be sort of a continu- continuation of tone, both in the movie and the music, or are they I like so. trying to do? Or do they want to go with something different? And if you want to do something that's the same, you go with you go with him, and he's a good business business choice too. 
yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think when I ask that question and why people say him so much is because everyone assumes he's going to continue to be. They're assuming that Star Wars is going to continue to be what it has been, and uh, in tone and musically, and so it seems to make sense. I, I think I think it is the most natural choice. I don't know. For some reason, it doesn't excite me as much as as someone else might. Though I think he would do a pretty good job. I think part of it is he's Star Trek, and it's like, come on, you can't have your foot in both camps. I mean, it it would feel weird. Well, Kevin, Kevin Kinner's uh, done it to me. He's done what? He's in Star Trek. Yeah, he, uh, he wrote music for Star Trek Enterprise. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's not a real TV series. And Clone Wars, and the Clone Wars isn't really but Star Wars. It is, it is. Wait, with, with the Quantum Leap guy? The Quantum yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah with the Quantum Leap guy. He's got his foot in Stargate as well, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, see, that doesn't feel... He, Kevin Kiner shouldn't be doing Star Wars music. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't... I, I just want someone to... <laughs> I just I want somebody who understands the musical language of Star Wars, and uh, you know, Giacchino grew up on Star Wars. He uh, he obsessed. But I think a lot of composers I know, have. I know, I do, I, but you know, I, I have a hat. He's just more public sure, about it. Sure, and I've talked to him about it. And, and everybody I mean, knows his first about, yeah. real, um, you know, uh, association with any type of film music. Although he did listen to a lot of Mancini and Barry through his father's record collection and things like that. But you know, when Star Wars came out, like for everybody. Um, that was really ter- a big turning point for him. And then once he you know, was reading through the liner notes and understanding instrumentation and things like that, that really triggered um, you know, where he was going to go in his career. And if anybody has heard his music for the first three Medal of Honor scores, this yeah. guy can write yeah. long lyrical themes. He can write colorful orchestrations. And it's not so much in a, it, it, it's not a John Williams ripoff, but it's in a John no, Williams it's in his style. style. And I think yeah. that if anybody is going to embrace it, and uh, but then again, if that again, if they are going to go in that kind of John Williams esque sound, um, uh, Giacchino uh, right now is the logical choice, and he's the most natural fit for it. And but there are of course other composers that we're going to be looking at as well that 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 are just as good. But I, I just don't see anybody else. And I think that also Star Wars is going to need that kind of big name as well to help promote this film. And who else? True. You know, than than Giacchino. Yeah, and that that's a big part of it, in my opinion. It's he he does have a yeah. name um, going for him. He has done Pixar stuff. He's has he done anything for Disney? Purely Disney. John Carter was. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. See, yeah. I mean, all the so many things seem to to point that way. Um, it, it does seem to make the most sense. Um, so maybe that's the name we're going to see, and if we see it. I, you know, I won't be disappointed. Um, I, I'm just kind of hoping for a bit of a surprise. And so we're going to get into now what our picks, who we now, like you just said, Eric, there's a lot of composers who could do uh, these Star Wars films and do them justice and do it in John Williams style. Um, but then there are those that we would probably like to see more than others, just personally. So rather than bang out the list, and there are a couple of them. Um, Soundtrack Nerd posted uh, one on his Tumblr, soundtracknerd.tumblr.com, a couple days ago on some of the people uh, he would like to see. Um, he, of course, put John Williams at the top, then Michael Giacchino, then Andrew Lockington, John Powell, Murray Gold, 
uh, Mark McKenzie, Alan Silvestri, Naoki Sato, very interesting pick, uh, Danny Elfman, David Arnold, and a few more. Uh, and then today, I think BigShinyRobot.com posted their uh, list of who they think should compose. Danny, it's Danny Elfman, Howard Shore, Hans Zimmer, Barry McCreary, Michael Giacchino, um, and so on. And yeah, those are all the A-list guys, the ones that we all know and love, and they could all probably do a, a, a decent job to one degree or another. But I thought it'd be fun for us to talk about who we'd like to see ourselves, uh, may, if they be from those lists or not. Um, we can share uh, some of the people, some of the composers we think would be would we'd like to see do it. And uh, I'll ask our guests to go first. So Jeremy, um, who would you like to see score the next? Films. Well, I have I have a list of five, and they're in pretty much decreasing order of chances of happening. Though I don't think any of them are going to happen. Um, Howard Shore is on the top of my list just because I think he'd be interesting, and he, if anyone can do big lyrical themes recently, um, yeah, that isn't the the random regular A list that everyone listed. Um, right. I right. put A R Rahman because uh, I think yeah. that would be interesting, interesting because of all the the world inf- world music influences and the I'd love to of... hear his cantina band. Yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be awesome. No more cantina bands. <laughs> Something different, please. Um because of the fact that Star Wars is sort of it has an element of camp to it, even though in universe it's very serious, it's sort of definitively space opera. Um somebody like yeah. Craig Safan. Um yeah. who won't get it because what the hell is he doing now? But I thought that would be that'd be interesting. Somebody like that who had who had done other like pulpy space stuff. Yeah, um, interesting choice. Yeah. Uh, Klaus Spadel because I like Pirates of the Caribbean, and I think that would be interesting because it's basically it's basically pirates in space. Um, uh, so yeah. something like that. Um, I kind of have to throw a wrench in your Klaus bottled on pirates thing because well, I don't think that was really Klaus bottled. <laughs> I just didn't want to put Zimmer on my list. <laughs> well, so you don't like the other two or the other three scores uh, after the first Pirates, but you like the first one? Um, I like the, um, the first is my favorite. Okay. Um, and then the last one's David Newman because of Galaxy Quest. <laughs> and I That's think a good pick. anytime you give you it to a Newman, you're, you're in good hands. That's true. That is true. Okay, well, interesting picks, Craig Saffin. Uh, that didn't even that didn't even come to mind, but that that would be an interesting pick. I would like to resurrect the careers of three people. Uh, Joel McNeely, okay. Bruce Broughton, and Lee Holdridge. Um, I think Joel's the... Uh, Joel may be the 1B on my list. Um, he wrote a fantastic score for Shadows of the Empire. He's worked on the Young Indie series. Uh, he would do a, a wicked job for it. Bruce Broughton's just got to do another big film. And if anybody's listened to Lost in Space knows that he can do a, yeah. a space opera and Lee Holdridge is 
he's got he knows how to do fantasy uh, adventure like nobody else. Beastmaster, his, that's an incredible score. Uh, I think looking at my list here right now, that next to Giacchino, it'd be great if Conrad Pope took over from Williams. Interesting, yeah. Um, and yeah, he's worked on all. You of know, it. I've I've I've, I've heard about a good majority of his scores, and he can uh, he can write like Williams. Um, Christopher Gordon. It'd be great if he got himself a really big, uh, big f- film score, and he can write some wickedly yeah. lyrical themes. Uh, I like that pick, uh, Frederick Talgorn. Yeah, awesome. and uh, any of the uh, the Star Wars video game composers um, who love aping Williams, and they do it so well. Uh, Gordy Hab yeah. wrote some fantastic material for the Star Wars Connect game. Uh, yeah. it, he those guys are, are just great and they're young and they're energetic and they get it they understand the the Williams language and uh, I think they would be just absolutely perfect for the series Go. Who would you who would you like to see? Who would get you excited when if you they revealed the name? What names would you like to see up there? All right. Well, um, I've got two picks who I know would deliver an extremely entertaining score, even if they're a little bit um, inside the box. I've first I've got John yeah. Debney, uh, who who when he when he did Lair had some really yes. really fantastic John Williams style action cues in that one. Very much so. Yes. And he can he can he can work out the orchestra like no one else and he doesn't get enough chances to yeah um yeah, that's true the other choice i had is david arnold just because he hasn't done enough big music in the last decade or so and and let me just react to that because the clip that you put and the exact moment that you put yeah. was the friggin id4 theme which i freaking hate really and so <laughs> I hate it. It's so corny. It's so really? corny. It's so on the nose wow. corny. I've never liked it. From the moment I first heard it in 1990, whatever, I've never I liked it. I think we that. had an argument about it's this just, once before. We so. did. We <laughs> did. I know. I, so I thought you did that just I, in spite I, of me. Because I, I was like, I wonder did. what I part he picked. Up, but I, that's, just, that's just to prove that he can do those big thematic outbursts, even if the theme itself isn't to your liking. Well, I got, well but yeah, I know. Yeah, he can. But, but oh, yeah. That's not evidence. I don't want. If that's what Star Wars is going to be, that might keep me away from it. If if it's going to be that on the nose. And then my and then my third pick, which was way out of left field, is Thomas Bergerson, who yeah. is one of one of the two steps from hell. And before you start complaining that he just fills Star Wars up with rock bands and apocalyptic choirs, you should listen to the track called Battle of Dark vs. Light on YouTube, which is one of the best uh, Battle of the Heroes John Williams impersonations I've ever heard.
I, I, I like that pick. And I would um, just, I've just been waiting for his name to pop up on a movie pretty much ever since I discovered his music. He could yeah. do it. Yeah, he's very talented. Very talented. Um, I would agree with you. Interesting picks. Um, Helen, who would you like to see? Well, um, there are two Whose composers would that would like get see? me very excited if they were attached to it. And the first one is uh, Abel Korzeniowski. Um You know, I would love mm-hmm. to see him get that opportunity and do what he did for uh, Battle for Terra. Mm-hmm. Um, the second name is Elliot Goldenthal. Wow. No, yeah, I really, good, you know, I, w- I was fantasizing about uh, Christopher Nolan with Elliot Goldenthal. <laughs> <laughs> That would be one massively dark and powerful movie. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? It'd be so <laughs> it awesome. Would be. That's what Revenge of the Sith. They should have had Elliot Goldenthal and Christopher Nolan yes. in Revenge of the Sith. There you that go. Would. See, <laughs> that would like really, you know, shock the the franchise. Oh no doubt. If they're gonna make a PG thirteen, go all the way. I really like <laughs> his um, his Final Fantasy score, and that's kind of spacey. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a, that's one of my favorites of his. Good call. Um, I'd also uh, would love to see Robert Folk. You know, since we're talking about some of the older composers yeah. like uh, Lee Holdridge, yeah. Robert Folk would would kick ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah I've been listening to There Be Dragons, so. so it's I kept thinking, wow, you know, give him a chance to do something big. And then yeah. you know, a couple of other names that are for me safe choices. Um, they probably wouldn't trump. Jaquino, but you know, Brian Tyler and Ramin Jawadi, I like their work, so. So why don't you go? What would your what would your picks be? Well, I um, I don't really have picks. I, I I suppose if I had to, who would you like to see besides your name being revealed as the? Okay, person? well, yes, besides my name, um, <laughs> I I actually had um, Elliot Goldenthal um, written down because I would. I mean, I will buy and happily digest anything that he puts out, but the um, the kind of sophistication that he could bring to um the musical wealth that john williams has created Mm. um Mm -hmm. that's that's tremendously exciting to me like just imagining what he could do with that material and how far he could take it um would be fantastic but i suppose um for me the biggest thing is i kind of don't want it to be anyone that i expect like yes i would love to hear john powell because then it would be an Mm -hmm. amazingly score and you know yes michael could do it and and that would be appropriate and but i for some reason that bores me like the idea of it bores me more than it it really i really want whoever they pick to do something um maybe even more adventurous than the film in a sense like even if even if the film is is kind of you know color the um well, the fill in the blanks kind of um, cookie cutter 
tick the boxes. Yeah. yeah, like even if even if the film turns, I would hope that at least the music um, is is not like that. And so, you know, I would happily welcome a Zimmer. I would happily welcome. Um, you know, any of these, I mean, hell, I would even love to see what happens if you put like Daft Punk on it. And, you know, after, after yes. Tron, like, I was just going to, you know, like that. I would just... be really, really excited to hear that. Obviously they would get murdered in their sleep, um, shortly before. <laughs> but nobody knows out. what they look like. You wear those That's true. The time. <laughs> uh, it would be, yeah, they'd have a bunch of bodyguards, you know, fake fakes. Uh, yeah, but you oh. know, that's the kind of thing. That's, Clones. Clones. <laughs> uh, that's the kind of thing that I mean. Like I would be, you know, well, short of Trent Reznor, I'm not gonna. That's not. That's not on my radar. Oh, but yeah. But, um, <laughs> but I would like. I would like to hear something a little surprising, something cool. I mean, even a. Um, oh, who did Sky Captain? Uh, Edward Shermer. Edward Shermer. He'd be great. Like he would be, he'd be, uh, you know, another one that I would like to hear. Um, it's just I, I don't want them to go for the obvious, and I, I really yeah. hope that they make the decision based on musical value rather than marketing value. Um, <laughs> because, well, you know, this is always my complaint, but I, I really dislike people stereotyping and like, you know, saying, "Oh, Zimmer can't do that; it's against his style." Well, I'm sorry, he's a tremendously talented person i mean he could easily stretch to do something in that vein but the point is he wouldn't and that's why i think it would make a good choice because um among others he's just got a very good talent for scoring to picture um and so that part is covered but he can also when he wants to and when he's given the opportunity to uh, produce music that stands alongside the film like people expect star wars music to do um because i think that's the big thing i mean whoever gets this job has to realize that whatever approach they take whatever kind of music whatever genre anything it has to be the kind of thing that people should want to put in their cd players for the next decade and listen to outside of the film and that's really the challenge uh, i think for the composer is like okay forget faithfulness forget um using themes and you know whatever they do it just has to be of such magnificent caliber that people will be you know they will fall in love with it or they will find as much meat on those bones as they did with the original scores yeah i i I kind of agree and kind of don't i i mean i think they they'll have to introduce new thematic material but i think they will have to incorporate the major themes from from star wars as well i i don't think they can get a well, sure, that. fine with that. Uh, I mean, that's that's kind of you know self evident. But but I also agree that that Zimmer doesn't get credit for being a little bit more diverse than than uh, I think he gets pigeonholed a little bit. And I always bring up the Pacific that HBO series as mm-hmm. as an example of that's very non atypical Zimmer. Um, of course, there's two other people with him on that score um, credited, but <laughs> but he can but he can you're right, but he can I think he can do that. Um, whether it can go to the to if they wanted to do a if they wanted to continue the uh, the tradition of the music of Star Wars, he wouldn't be the man to do it. Uh, not that he couldn't do it, but I don't think he would even be asked to do it. Um, now, if they're going to go in a different direction, then I mean, I'm thinking about this new video game, Star Wars thirteen thirteen. Um, they're going for a much 
darker, grittier, you know, those buzzwords. I was hoping um, someone would bring that up. <laughs> because I can see that kind of music, his kind of music, working in that um, in that sort of a game. And if that is what these movies are going to be like, well, it's not that big of a leap to say, let's con- let's have some musical continuity between this because ge- well, I forget is the isn't the game set post Return of the Jedi or is it between is it in the old trilogy era somewhere I forget um, it's definitely in the old the original tri- trilogy era era I don't know exactly where it fits in in line of everything um, of those three movies but so I don't think it's like impossible for that to happen because Zimmer definitely has a marketable name <laughs> more um, so than pretty much anyone else these days I think. Exactly. Exactly. Um, All but, I know is you know, that means the tone of the movie is going to be going to be if, different. If Zimmer is attached, then I'll be biting my nails until the day the movie comes out, because it's I don't know. I I just don't know whether he would. I don't think I don't he would do he it. Would, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I doubt he would do Why it. Not? I don't think. I, don't, I, I think of, there's only a handful of composers. I think that would say no. I think Zimmer would say no. I don't. Why? Though? Because Why I think he would, would be that? very, very, very uncomfortable following in the in Williams' steps, and he said that before in interviews. Him going to do Superman is a completely different thing because they're completely rebooting that story, and he's able to come up with something new. But if you're, but if he's following in Williams' steps, I think he. Uh, I think he's a lot more humble than what people really think he is, mm. and I think that mm. I don't think he would do it just out of respect for John Williams, and I think he respects him quite a bit. Yeah, so I could see I would, that, but is is that disrespectful if he took the job? No, not disrespectful. I just don't think that he himself would be able to do as good of a job as Williams did with the previous six films. And that's, I'm, I'm, it's not a, um, you know, I'm not trying to kick Zimmer and, and his style and, and, and you know, the way he composes. I'm just, I just think, I just don't think he would be able to do it, handle it, and there just would be so much controversy with it. Yeah. That's kind of what I was, oh, no that's doubt. what I was saying to begin with. I mean, the, the next person, it's, it's not like they're not doing, you know, the Star Wars, you know, it's not like a, a reboot, like, like they be doing for everything else it's episode seven like it's the continuation of right a one of the most recognizable melodies or like probably four of the most recognizable melodies for anyone on the in the country for sure like not film score fans just people like probably more people know the the imperial march than the canadian national anthem here (laughs) so like you have to (laughs) <laughs> no, I, and, and you have to factor you have to factor that into the the choice and whether someone would want to take that on. It's not just hey, it would be awesome to do a Star Wars movie. It's like you know pressures on on that level. Sure. And I, yeah. I just want to say about a da- Daft Punk. And I obviously I love that Tron Legacy score, like everyone does. Um, but I think the thing about Star Wars is that it's not science fiction. It's not. Exactly. Right. It's not about it's the, very true. the thing. It's a it's pirates in space, it's and the John Williams scores yeah. are not at all sci-fi. No, they're very like swashbuckling. It's, it's all it's like it's yeah, like an Errol true. Flynn movie. Yeah. and I don't, I don't know that they. W- I mean, they probably could do it, but that that's where the like the discord be with them is. Yeah, that would mean a shift in tone as well for the for the for the movies. 
So, um, yeah. Um, other, did you have others, Marius? Um, no, not really. I mean, like, like I was saying, it's I didn't really come to the discussion with specific people in mind. I was more, I was oh, more right. wanting to, um, to just sort of point out that if I had to choose or if I could like what I'm looking forward to most is being surprised um, and, yeah. and, and hoping that if on no other franchise, at least for Star Wars, they will make decisions that are not purely based on marketing motivations. Um, because <laughs> I can't, I can't I know, help but I know, it right? Because but, it's Lucas and it's Disney. Yeah, like the worst <laughs> possible like... thing to put my faith in, but um, it's just because so much is riding on it. Um, I feel like there there is an opportunity for them to choose someone, um, maybe unexpected, but just someone who's who's willing to. Um, I think, like you were saying, the problem with Michael, like he would he would probably be a very perfect score and a very authentic score and one that would be overflowing with love for the original, but might not be willing to push at all beyond it. Um, and yeah. and that's something yeah. that I would find annoying. I mean, I would I would be like, oh, this is great, this is nice to listen to, but it wouldn't really be meaningful to me. It wouldn't really have as much impact as I would like it to have. Um, yeah. So that that's that's sort of what I that was my overarching point. real quick as we wrap this thing up here um i've seen lots of different um different people being mentioned in the chat room barry mccreary um i've seen that in quite a few places on our facebook page um on these lists that that's a very interesting pick it doesn't not, it, it certainly wasn't the first name that came to my mind um i again i think there's too big of a tonal shift although the music he did for um hard target human hard, target so human target was Pretty yeah. amazing. Pretty amazing. Even his stuff. stuff for the cape is great um, too. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like that as much for whatever reason. I'm not sure why. It did. It just. Did, I think it was a little bit too on the nose again for me. I'm not sure. Um, but the but the per the name I would love to see. It'll never happen. But the name that I would love to see announced would be Grant Kirkhope, <laughs> who not very many people know because he's, he's done video Grant, games. Grant really. Um, up, um, yeah, I mean his his score for um, Kingdoms of Amalur is probably my favorite video game score. Will probably end up being my favorite video game score for this year. And and he is he's another one who's you know, John Williams has so influenced his life. And, but when I listen to that score, I mean I hear little bits and pieces of every composer that I love, um, and it's and it and it all works together so well. There's clear John Williams influence. There's 
clear James Horner influence. There's clear Goldsmith influence. There's clear Shore influence. It's just like it's just like the greatest amalgam of composer styles you could think of, and he gets it to work. Um, that would be, I would be so ecstatic uh, to see that because I, I know he'll be faithful, but yet at the same time, I know that he would be able to introduce some other things that keeps it from just being kind of repackaged, uh, rearranged stuff that we've heard a billion times. Um, so he would, that would be the part. And if you don't know that score, that, that game, um, you can find it on YouTube. You can find it on SoundCloud. You can buy the, the CD. It's everywhere. It's, but, and it's amazing. And follow um, Grant as, too, cause he's a great guy. He mm-hmm. is very, very much so very down to earth. And, um, you know, and someone like that, whether it's him or some kind of maybe lesser known person, I think it would just, they would be so honored and so blown away even more than some of the other well-known guys because they have established careers and if they didn't do Star Wars they have 8,000 other films that they could do uh, I think people like that who just kind of came out of nowhere would they would just they would completely pour everything that they could ever muster <laughs> into into a, uh, a project that's a like good that. point uh, and, and along that line too would be someone like Mark Grisky of mm-hmm. course who along with Gordy Hobb and a whole bunch of others did work for uh, The Force Unleashed 2. Uh, he principally did The Force Unleashed with uh, Jesse Harlan, who wrote the main theme. But when you listen to some of Mark Grisky's cues, uh, what I love the most is that he gets the, that, um, the, old, the original trilogy style. And, and you don't hear that very much. I mean, even in uh, the music that Gordy Hobb has done, it's mostly the prequel trilogy style that he does. He does it very well, uh, but you don't. I don't hear a lot of people who or maybe people don't have the opportunity to, but Grant Kirkhope can do it and Mark Grisky does it. And just the fact that they can do that style without it just being a, a ripoff, um, really, that's what I'm really hoping 789 will be, is that style of music. Because um, John Williams doesn't even do that style of music anymore. We, and uh, so I... Hmm? Um, this might be a little bit of a derail, but to your, to your point, has now that we're in the age of orchestral stores for AAA games, has there been any... Have there been any composers from video games that have crossed over in any sort of like major meaningful? Shikino, yeah, Shikino. Oh. Right. He's he's the he's the poster boy. Leonard. Um, yep, yep, yeah. Christopher Leonard is making that switch. Yeah. Um, did Barrett McCreary start in video games? He's, I think he, he, he started on Battlestar, didn't he? He started in TV. Oh. He started yeah, in TV, TV and sort of fell into games and is yeah. now doing okay. both. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, G. Kino's definitely the poster child for for that crossover. It hasn't. Yeah, been interestingly ton. enough, He's there been... aren't that many who go that way around. I think. I think it doesn't maybe... really surprise me, but but yeah, it's interesting. I yeah. think uh, I think maybe we assume that film is sort of the ultimate goal. That's where a co- that's the highest a composer can go. But you know, maybe people are just they're just happy with sticking to video games. Well, it's a yeah. it's a different Which, style of composing too, and it could be much more freeing as well. Because yeah. you know, you're not really composing not to, to picture. A, exactly, yeah. you're not writing to a scene. Right. You can just write a nice piece of background music. Right, and that's what makes and, Medal of Honor so good. So good. Yes. What about yes. someone like Marty O'Donnell yeah. then? No. Uh, Tell me why you hate it. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm fine being disagreed with. I just want to I'm, put it out there. I, I'm I'm just not. I don't know. Maybe he could do it. I'm just not a huge fan of the Halo scores. I mean, it's it's it 
and maybe I'm the minority, but it feels very generic mm-hmm. to me. Um, it, it, I mean, choral, chorus, and all, it, all of that's great, but it just doesn't. I, I don't know. I, am I alone it's, in that? Is anyone it, I'm one hundred percent with you. Yeah, it's not the right style. Okay, good. I don't think. I mean, it's a little sort of. I don't. I haven't listened to a Halo score in a long time, but if I recall, it's a little sort of new agey, on the edge of new agey. Yeah, and it can be. The fans love it, though. People who love the game just love. I think it's the because music. they love they the love game, it. though. And I've never yes, understood the true. appeal of the game as much either. So for me, it's just sort of like it's generic. Like for me, the best parts, the parts of the Halo scores that I remember, are the parts that are like lifted from mist and from others. Like it's just, there's no core identity to the halo music that I actually recall or enjoy. So it's very difficult for me to understand the appeal, but I mean, it's not to say he's not a talented composer. I just, that would be, that would really be a choice that would upset me of all. Well, no, here's why, because of all, of all possible game composers, if they chose him, like that's, that's a crying shame. Like, where? Why not Gary Scheinman? Why not James Hannigan? Why not um, Ooh, yes. Hannigan? You know, like there's there's a tremendous wealth of talent in the game music industry. So if they like, it's yeah, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, there you go. Who was that? You, Jeremy? Yeah, who I'm, up? I'm happy to he- hear some other video game dudes' names. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that that I wouldn't be pleased to see that, unfortunately. But you know, he could surprise everybody and be like, "Well, you don't think I can do it? Well, watch this," and th- and that would be awesome. I'm up for so, it, but no. I, I'd, I'd much rather just be totally ticked off uh, with who they announce, and then that person blow me away, than it just be kind of a middle of the road safe mm-hmm. choice. I, I I really don't want that, you know. But uh, and my last one it was already mentioned by Helen is able. Korzeniowski, I think he could do a fantastic job. Um, I actually tried to watch that um, Battle for Terror the other day on Netflix streaming. I fell asleep. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't get through it. I, I wanted to get through it just to hear all the music, but I just it wasn't very good. Um, but I think he could do a fantastic job uh, with. I mean, not very much. Not the choice you would you would expect. Um, but it would be interesting. Um, it would definitely be interesting and it, memorable. It, I think it would have some depth and detail, and um, uh, yeah. So before we finish up, um, uh, is there anyone that you just do not want to get? Trent Reznor. Trent Reznor. <laughs> Trevor Rabin. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he can he can do some very inspirational music when he wants to. He, he can write it's some very true. inspirational themes. He I like me one cue. Oh my God! Um, Trevor Rabin is a little underrated, I think. Armageddon. He can write some, yeah, uh, but not for Star he, Wars. Some of the themes that he writes are are uh, amazingly. Listen to Dogfight from um, Flyboys. No. Yeah, that's a awesome good one. Awesome action cue. He's Remember the Titans. Good the- what? Great raid. Remember the Titans. Great thing. Great raid. Amazing theme. Yeah. Um, now some of the other stuff can be a little generic, but his his themes can be amazing if you say so i'm uh, i guess i'm on a right. totally different page from you guys i'm just i'm not buying it <laughs> I'm no, really actually, not. I'm not so you've never heard a theme from him that you thought no was i'm familiar with all the ones that you mentioned it's just they've never done anything for me yeah wow, wow. okay interesting yeah I, I mean i don't i definitely wouldn't see his name attached to this but he's i i i, I don't know um 
uh, Trevor Raven, Trent Reznor, Alexandre Pla. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't want to. He's too see introverted. That. Um, uh, I mean, he try. I mean, I've what's the one he's just done? Rise of the Guardians. Very, very excellent. good. I mean, I, I wasn't excited when I first found out he was doing it, but it's very, very mm-hmm. good. Uh, now, is it Star Wars? A no. quiet, meditative Star Wars. It's not. Oh, that's not meditative. No, it's not. It's no. It's definitely not medit. It, it, but it's not Star Wars though either. Um, it, it, it just isn't. But, it, but it's very good. It's very good. Um, anyone else? I think some would say Hans Zimmer. I, I don't know how I would feel if that was announced. I would say, oh, these movies are going to be mm. different. That would be my first reaction. Um, I would be. I think I'd have feelings on both sides. Um. John Powell, I don't even know if I, I want that. Would. As 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 amazing as he is, I don't I'm just dead faint if I heard his name attached to Star Wars. With ha- with you know why? I, I mention it just for, for um the entertainment's sake. And because it's a Disney thing now, it wouldn't surprise me that much. But if nothing else, that would be a wildly entertaining score to listen to. Like oh, that no would be doubt. amazingly that- good. I can hear Kazoo's doing the Force theme right now. <laughs> how many <laughs> how, scores of Powell has he used Kazoo's in? How What's many that? scores has he used a Kazoo in? Just one, the one. I don't know. Just the one. Just the one. Chicken Run? Bagpipes over from... Chicken Run? Chicken Run? That's it. I, that's I it. Hear, um, well, James it clearly stays in my mind. Oh, no. James Well, hey, you know, you need somebody to reuse themes. <laughs> no, only his own. <laughs> yeah, but here, but and, here and think about composers. it. Think about it. James <laughs> attached to this, and he reuses John Williams' themes. Everyone would be okay with it finally, right? You cannot get mad at James Horner for reusing Williams' themes. It would be perfect. But he would vindicate ch- it. But what would be even? It'd be even better as he could he could come up with a Sith theme. Oh no! The, the four note danger oh, motif. Check it out now. <laughs> <laughs> the new Sith theme. It's all boys choir. Four note danger motif. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I didn't even consider that. That that's almost an impossibility. Although I shouldn't say that. It, it feels like an. Yeah, impossibility. he'll be working on Avatar. Yeah, oh, that's uh, yeah, okay. I just thought of another one. Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, definitely have to agree with that. Unless it's going to be all piano and guitar, and it, it, it that's just not going to work. But then they give it to Thomas Newman, right? So it's still not. Yeah. Well, in yeah. Thomas Newman's defense, he did pull out a surprisingly good score for a genre nobody thought he'd ever try. I think so too. What? Yeah. Skyfall. Yeah, that one's dipping on the on my list. But I need to see it because I've heard it's just like the best movie ever made. So I need to hear it in context. And and I've listened to it and I'm just like, okay, I've listened. Same with Lincoln, unfortunately. It's like, yeah, it's it's, it's good. And then I'm like on to something else. Um, So I'm sure when I see it, I'll be like, oh, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. I I feel like it's going to be like War Horse. I mean, I heard it and I was like, oh, man, it's going to be good. Saw the movie's like, oh, yeah. And then, eh. Anyone else for the definitely please don't give it to him or her list? Cliff Martinez. 
Cliff Martinez. Cliff Mar. Oh yeah, Cliff Martinez. That would be that cool. Would be different. <laughs> Sorry, that would be really cool. That would be a different. That's a different way to go. What about Randy Newman? No. Oh. Did you see that? No, right, I, somebody saying. posted in my. Uh, you saw? Oh, oh you saw that video? Matt yeah, TV? were you singing? Yeah, oh, is that what that's from? It's that's great. hilarious. Will Will Sasso's <laughs> uh, impersonation of Randy Newman spot on. Yeah. that. What about what about Vangelis? Ooh, a dream. Oh, interesting. <laughs> well, if he's going to do it, then you could get Daft Punk to yeah. do it. If you go, if yeah. you go down yeah. that road, but yeah, wouldn't want to see. Well. <laughs> Some of his some of his stuff like um it it was a concert work he did Methodia. At, uh, Methodia. Methodia. Yeah, it's yeah. a pretty amazing yeah. piece. Uh pretty amazing. What about Alexander? Um Alexander No, that was that was Benjoas. Oh yeah, no. Just as an example of <laughs> what he's capable of in a in a sweeping epic. So uh it's been so long since I've listened to that. Yeah. Gosh, I need to I need to revisit that. But yeah. I don't think I'd be excited. Someone's putting Sylvester yeah. in there. I, I don't think I'd like. You know who would be a great that. name though? It's Christopher Drake. I just pulled his name up here on iTunes. Christopher Drake. He does the Marvel yeah cartoons, Wonder Woman. Right? I think is one of the best comic book scores ever written. He did uh, Batman Gotham Knight. He's quite talented. He's very very good. Yeah. He's but he's kind of a bit on the modern. No side, no no. He saw no. orchestral and stuff. Listen to Wonder Woman. It's that's it's okay. incredible, incredible. He does do okay. modern stuff. Yes, I mean when he was doing his bat, because his... Batman Gotham Knight it's is a mix, kind of it's a mix of Elfman, yeah. Goldenthal, and Zimmer. He does them all because it's an anthology type uh, film. There's about four or five different stories right. that encompass. Yeah, yeah. and I've so he embraces each of those styles and does them very well. But Wonder Woman is uh, just classic. Just a classic orchestral, mm, okay. even though none of it is performed by live players, it's a classic orchestral score. It's really impressive. Actually, his, his name crossed my mind, too, when I was looking up names. But yeah. Oh, really? Paul Leonard Morgan, anyone? If he's... Mm. Depends on yeah. which Paul Leonard History Morgan we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um or dread. <laughs> I really like the dread score. I'll be on the record. I know the people in the IFMCA are like uh, not having it, but I think that score is pretty amazing for, for what it is. Boy, I found it um, extremely unappealing. I, I, well, I have that. I, you know, I have the Electronica side that I really. Have. What do you guys think, Danny Elfman mm-hmm. would do with something like this? What something do you think really Jim funny. Star Wars. <laughs> in the saddest possible way. <laughs> so no Danny Elfman. I think Elfman, he's capable huh? of doing it, but... Uh, Might as well I, have I, Tim Burton direct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Nightmare After <laughs> the Return of the Jedi. <laughs> nightmare Before the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> it depends. Is there going to be a lot of 20th century uh, Russian influence in the in the new movie? And Danny Elfman's your guy then. <laughs> Might be. Now, I should have pointed out earlier, um, as we were just wrapped it as wrap this up. I mean, Jeremy, you worked uh, with Sony Classical during Dude. the um, prequel. I was age. there for episode three. Right? I did the online right. 
all online marketing for that, and wow. that was yeah. that was a, a bit of a it was a bit of a slog though. I I think that was that was my favorite of the the cream of the crap, as I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> Is there such a thing? Well, something's got to be the best of the worst. Least awful. I guess so. Least awful. There you go. Yeah, the cream of the crap. I do like that. Um, I do like and then that I was I helped A and R the. Um, Star Wars 30th anniversary box set, the individually numbered one. And that was yep. that was fun to pull together a bunch of. You didn't you didn't send me one I, of those. I though. will. It's too late now, Chris. I. <laughs> you could just write a number on one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, you know what? I'm gonna. There's a sharpie in the mail for you. Um, yeah. That, um, so yeah. So you you bring a different you know some perspective in terms of. Um, I mean, you were you were steeped in it uh, during during those years. So yeah, I mean the it it's Star Wars scores. No matter who's doing them, I'm assuming unless it's something horrendous like we mentioned, they they they'll sell themselves. That's you know film right. scores in general. Um, if they're not hugely unusual, tend not to break probably ten thousand units um, album units. It's not kind of streaming right. or anything, but. You know, episode three without all that much promotion that was specific to the soundtrack did five hundred, six hundred thousand. It was decidedly less promotion than like episode sure. one, if if memory serves. Well, by then, by then, I mean, Sony promoted... was in a very different place. Oh, I see. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Now, just as we close up here, some interesting uh, names floating around in the chat. <laughs> Philip Glass, that yeah. would be pretty insane. <laughs> Uh, Greg Edmondson, that would be interesting. It would. No one's brought him up. That would be. That's a very interesting pick. Um, I think mm-hmm. he could do it. I think. He, I think he could do a pretty solid job. Um, Christopher Young, I saw go up earlier. James Newton. Rachel Howard. Portman. Um, <laughs> Rachel Portman. That would be interesting. <laughs> Christopher Young, I think, would be could be amazing actually. Uh, as long as he's not doing the sinister version of Christopher <laughs> Young, because <laughs> that score is the most mind-boggling score I've heard in a long time. If you haven't heard sinister, is it's it sinister? Sinister. sinister. Is, that's wild. Yeah, it's like that's a wow. wild score. It's <laughs> it's so it's it's just bizarre. Decide if this it is, is a good review or not a good review. What sinister? Yeah, it's it's, it's not good or bad. It's just it's bizarre. It's like I don't know. I listened to it a few times. Like this is just bizarre. That's all I can say. Uh, but I guess he's done something like that. Was it you who were telling me he did, Jeremy? He did something similar uh, to it, or was that sinister? somebody else? Yeah, um, someone. His rejected score for some other movie he did a long time ago really? was like this, and they made him do a more orchestral score. Was that Invaders uh, from and, but, Mars? That's what I'm chance? thinking. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. His original score for it that was rejected was which is available, like this. isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Both it versions, is. It is. Right? I haven't heard it, but that's what they. But okay. That's what somebody was telling me. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think wow. I think sinister. Anybody heard um, uh, Event Horizon? Yeah. That's long sort of. Although Event Horizon, it's it's pretty linear. <laughs> um, I mean, sinister, sinister is just kind of all over the place. <laughs> You know, and it, I can't listen to that thing alone uh, in the dark, especially in this brand spanking new basement that I'm in right now. Uh, freaks oh, yeah. me out. <laughs> but, but it is yeah. really weird. But there's to listen some to interesting things that Orbital did in Event Horizon that reminds me of of, of what 
Christopher Young did in Sinister. Orbital did with Michael Kamen, yeah. Yeah. I did not know that. I did. I remember Michael Kamen's yeah. name, but I don't remember yeah. Orbital being a part of that weird. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. Unless anyone has any final comments about this whole Star Wars thing, I'm sh- I'm sure it'll come up on an episode or two between now and 2015. Um, but in terms of our initial reactions and what we're hoping to hear and not hear and whatnot, I, I think we've covered it pretty well. Um, so last chance for any final comments. Nope. All right. Well, I want to thank all of you guys for taking so much time out of your night to talk about uh, Star Wars Episode 7, 8, and 9 and who's going to score them and who we don't want to score them. Everybody in the chat room, thanks for participating. Um, do us a favor. If you're not subscribed to us, you can subscribe to the Soundcast at iTunes or on Stitcher Radio or you can go to our Soundcast page, grab the RSS feed there. Um, let us know what you think. Let us know who you would like to see uh, score the next three Star Wars films. Flick us an email at soundcast at tracksounds.com or leave us a voicemail at uh, 407-512-0614. Hit us up at Tracksounds uh, on Twitter. Uh, that's at Tracksounds on Twitter. And even on Facebook, facebook.com slash Tracksounds. We're all over the place, and we'd love to hear from you. Um, guys, um, Jeremy, where can people reach uh, you? At Jeremy Myers on Twitter is the easiest, or jeremymyers.com is my blog. And what about your brother, Jerry? How can uh, yeah, he died. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. It just happened, and I'm really sad. Hmm. What? <laughs> uh, Eric. <laughs> wow. What? <laughs> How do I follow that? Uh, I'm sure anyway. you'll find a way. <laughs> um, hi, what about you, Eric? Tell us about Cinematic sure, Sound Sure, you can Radio. find me at cinematicsound.net. Uh, email me at cinematicsound at yahoo.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter. The links are on my website. I'm on Facebook as well. So, uh, And I've got a whole pile of new shows up. I was on a summer hiatus, and I'm back, and I'm having a lot of fun. So a lot of new programming coming awesome. up uh, in the near, near future. Awesome. awesome. Isn't, the, isn't the fall... Uh, music wise just like this year this year i mean this yeah this this year's been been amazing the the past two or three weeks have saved 2012 from being one of the worst film music years ever and uh there's just been a pile of like i like i said with my uh uh new releases show with uh with lincoln um i did a three-hour program yeah and everything i played on that show was amazing just unreal and i haven't had a show like that in a long long time yeah, it, it's 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 turning out to be the end of the end of this year is is turning out to be fantastic, which is which is great because it was pretty pretty weak year. Um, so check out Cinematic Sound uh, Radio Show, and uh, you'll be able to hear all this great stuff all the time. Edmund, where can people find and follow uh, you? You can find me at, at Edmund Minors on Twitter, or just look for me on Facebook, or drop me an email at edi.minards at gmail dot com. I'll be hanging awesome. around. Helen Son, where can people find and At follow Helen you? Helen Son on Twitter or Helen Son on Facebook. But... Oh, mellow, sorry. Mellow. It's <laughs> late. <laughs> I know it is late. Marius, where can people find um, and follow probably you? Probably Twitter is easiest at uh, Mathazar, M-A-T-H-A-Z-Z-A-R and you can find everything else you want to know from there. Good. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. 
thank you all for uh, checking out episode 51 of the Soundcast. And until we are together again, we'd like to say may the notes be with you.